Welcome to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Join us in person for worship each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. For more information about Covenant, including discipleship and mission opportunities, visit us at www.covenantpresjackson.org. dust. The man of dust is the first man, Adam. For that's how Adam was created. God made Adam out of the dust of the ground. God lovingly formed Adam like like a potter working clay, attentive, focused, joyful. The Lord God formed his body and then breathed into his nostrils, breathed into him the breath of life. And the lifeless, still, cold body of dust came alive. Body and soul. Body and spirit. That's what makes you human. You are body and soul, body and spirit. You're both. And one is not more important than the other. Both make you, you. God knitted you together in your mother's womb. He formed you like a potter working clay, attentive, focused, joyful. God breathed into you the breath of life, that spark of life given to you at conception, invisible and unseen, your body and soul, just like the man of dust. And also just like the man of dust, you live under a curse. Like the first man, you live under a judgment, death. In the beginning, God created life. In the beginning, God intended only life. Death was not present. Death did not exist. Death was an outsider, an alien to God's good creation. Death entered because of sin. Death came because of sin. Adam disobeyed God. Adam did not follow God's will. Our Old Testament reading from Genesis 3 was his punishment, his judgment for sin. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Adam would return to his original state, dust, dirt. Adam would die. And simply by being human, simply by being conceived, you bear the image of the man of dust. You're dressed in his clothes. You wear the clothes of Adam. Therefore, Paul, in our 1 Corinthians passage, can describe your body as natural. And what he means by natural is this, bearing the image of the man of dust. Your body is not fit for the presence of God. Your body is weak. It ages, wears down, breaks down, aches and suffers. It's it's in dishonor, humiliation because of your sin. It's perishable. In other words, it's a body that will return to its origins. Dust, dirt. Death is your end. You will die. But the gospel is this, Jesus Christ has come. 
The Son of God came from heaven. He came from heaven and took upon himself dust. He came from heaven and clothed himself in flesh. He came from heaven and became a man. He bore this natural, weak, dishonored, perishable body, just like you and me. And he lived just like you and me. And he aged just like you and me. And he suffered just like you and me. And he bled just like you and me. And he died just as we will. Jesus was crucified, nailed to a cross. He was, he was buried, but death could not hold him. Jesus Christ was resurrected on the third day. He rose from the dead. He lives. And because he lives, death is conquered. Because he lives, death is overcome. Death is not almighty. Jesus is. Death does not have the final say. Jesus does. And it does not have to be your end. For by faith in him, through faith in him, the promise is for you. It's a future promise. A promise of life after death. The promise of eternal life. The promise of resurrected life. It's a promise given in your baptism. It's a promise for all who follow Jesus. It's a promise for all who belong to Jesus. It's a promise that will be fulfilled when he comes again. The resurrection of the dead. And all will be resurrected. When Jesus comes again, everyone who has ever lived will be raised from the dead. And those who did not claim Jesus, who did not place their faith in him, will be raised and enter into eternal separation, eternal suffering of hell. While those in Christ, those who belong to Christ, will be raised and enter into the new heaven and new earth. So what will it be like? What will resurrection life be like? Have you ever wondered? Well, let me first say what it won't be like. This is what it won't be like. You're, you're not going to be souls floating around some sort of underworld. You aren't going to get wings and halos and, and harps and rest among the clouds. You're, you're not going to be cosmic energy darting around the universe. You aren't going to fade and become one with God. Resurrection is bodily. You will have a body. Again, it's part of what makes you, you, body and soul, body and spirit. When, when you die, your soul goes to be with God. When you die, your spirit will rest in the presence of God and will do so until Jesus returns. And when Jesus returns, then your soul will be reunited with your body. Your body will be raised and reunited with your soul. So what will that be like? What will our bodies be like? Will we be the same except younger and healthy and vibrant, no more aches and pains, no more colds and allergies and infections, no more fatigue, no more aging, no more worn out parts, or will it be different? Now, some of the Christians in Corinth had thought about this. Some in the community that Paul is writing to in our New Testament reading from 1 Corinthians had thought about the resurrection, and they just did not think it was possible. They just didn't, didn't believe that it worked. Why is that? The reason is based on 
the Greek understanding of what happens after death. Corinth was a city in Greece. And in Paul's day, the Greeks had two different views of what happened after death, of what happened after you died. The first was annihilation. In other words, destruction. Now, once you died, that was it. There was nothing after. But this, this life is it. This life is all there is. So, so live it up while you have the time. This is an understanding that continues to thrive to this day. And the second had to do with the immortality of the soul. A very Greek view is that the soul is eternal. The soul is imperishable. The soul is undying. You'll, you'll find this in the writings of Homer and the writing of Plato. The Greeks believed that the soul was what truly mattered, not the body. The body was simply a shell housing the soul. In death, when you die, you shed this mortal body. And your soul lived on in a spiritual existence. In death, your soul was freed from its prison. It was the soul that was important. The body was earthly. The body was lowly. The soul was heavenly. The soul was spiritual. Well, with these, these ideas about body and soul, the resurrection became an issue for some. And the question was this, how could an earthly body exist in a spiritual heaven? How, how could a lowly form ascend to a higher plane? And for some, it could not. It couldn't be reconciled. The earthly was incompatible with the spiritual. The body was incompatible with heaven. Therefore, some believed that there was no resurrection of the dead, that there could be no resurrection of the dead. And here, in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, no, 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 no. You're, you're thinking about this all wrong. You're being too Greek. And you've, you've forgotten one important thing. You've left one vital factor out of the equation, God. God has a role. God has a say in the resurrection. And God is the one who can make the seemingly incompatible compatible. God can transform. God can transform bodies. God can make new. And as an example, Paul points to a seed. He says that the seed is one kind of body. Listen again to verse 27 of our first Corinthians passage. And, and what you sow is not the body that is to be. In other words, the seed that you put in the ground is one kind of body, and the plant that it grows into is another kind of body. Think about corn. A kernel of corn, a seed of corn, is much different than the, the stalk that it grows into. Paul says there are two different kinds of bodies. The seed's one body, the plant's another body. Well, how does one turn into the other? Well, good soil and plenty of water and the right amount of sunshine. Yes, but ultimately God is the cause. God brings about the transformation. God gives the seed a new body. God changes the kernel of corn into a stalk. God sends the, 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 the water and, and the, 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 the sun that it needs. Listen again to verse 38. 
but God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. Paul talks about the seed to make sense of the resurrection. Paul uses the seed as an analogy of the resurrection. Your current body is like the seed. God has created your body. God has given you your body, and it's a body like the man of dust. It's a body in the image of the man of dust, Adam. And it's a body that will return to its origins, dust, dirt, But this body is not the same body that will be resurrected. Your body is not the same body that will rise on the last day. It will be new. It will be transformed. It will be as different as a seed is from a plant, as different as a corn stalk is from a kernel of corn, as different as the sun and moon and stars, all heavenly bodies, are from animals and birds and fish and humans, all earthly bodies. Our resurrected body, your resurrected body will not be the exact same as the body you have now. Resurrection is not the resuscitation of dead corpse. Resurrection is not just bringing back to life what has died. It's not just restoring what's been decayed. It's new. It's different. And God can make it happen. God will make it happen. In fact, he's already made it happen. In Jesus Christ, the man of heaven. When Jesus rose from the dead, he was raised with a new body. He was raised with a different body. There was continuity, yes. There was sameness, yes. I mean, his disciples recognized him. His followers knew him by sight. He had nail marks on his hands and on his feet. He ate with them. He walked with them. He talked with them. But he was also different. He could suddenly appear in their midst in in a locked room. His body was transformed from natural to spiritual. Jesus had a body fit for heaven, transformed from perishable to imperishable. He was never to die again, transformed from dishonor to glory, for he no longer bore the sins of the world, transformed from weakness to power. No more aches or pains, no more illness, no more aging, no more suffering, no more breaking down. As different as a plant from a seed. And here's the good news. Jesus is the first fruit. He's the first fruit. Let's, let's keep with the image of corn. If you have a field of corn or if you just have a row of corn or even if you just have three stalks of corn, the first ripe ear of corn is the first fruit. And that first fruit is a promise. A promise of more to come. With that first ear of corn, you know that more is coming. With that first ear of corn, you know that a greater harvest is coming. Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection. He is the first, but his resurrection also has a promise that there is more. A greater harvest is coming. If you belong to Jesus, right now you're still a seed. 
Right now, you're still the kernel of corn. Right now, you still bear the image of the man of dust. But when Jesus returns and he will return, you will be raised. You will be transformed. You will bear his image. You will bear the image of the man of heaven. You'll still be you. You'll still be recognized as you. There's, there's continuity but you'll be new. You'll be transformed. Your body will be like Jesus's. It'll be spiritual and imperishable. It'll be raised in glory and power. It'll be a body fit for heaven, a body fit for the presence of God. For then you will no longer see dimly as through a mirror, but you will see clearly and you will see face to face your Savior, the first fruits, the man of heaven whose image you bear. Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. 